and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. Welcome to the fourth and final episode of our watch-along of the shoujo series, Yona of the Dawn. My name's Caitlin, and I'm a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, as well as writing for The Daily Dot, and my own blog, I Have a Heroin Problem. I'm joined uh, once again by Peter Phobian and special guest, Gabriella Ekins. Hello! Hey, I'm Peter. I'm a producer at Crunchyroll and an editor at Anime Feminist. My name is Gabrielle Ekins, or Gabby. I am an editor over at Anime News Network, where I mostly do, or have done, daily stream reviews. I'm on break right now, but I do reviews. Alright, so let's look at our predictions from last week. Um, so last week, Gabo predicted that Jeha was locked in a box. Uh, mm. not, not quite, but actually pretty close. Oh, because he was chained oh, up. Yes, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, we got that in like a like a two second flashback that he had like chains on his legs or something, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, what are they gonna do with this?" And then the flashback was over. Yeah, the manga doesn't go too much into it either, um, although it goes into it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but you know, like apparently the manga mentions that it's apparently like tradition, like that's just how it's been for the Green Dragon because they just wanna <laughs> chain their legs. They just they they just gotta jump. I mean, it's a dangerous power, I guess. If you're a kid and you don't know what you're doing, you could just jump, fly 80 feet into the air, then land on your head and die. So maybe it was a... Fish gotta swim, birds gotta fly, green dragons gotta jump. Yeah, it's like... It pretty much sucks for all the dragons except for for uh, Kija, I guess. He's like a Yoshi, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Although I haven't seen anybody jump off of his back and throw him into a pit yet. So then we have, uh, also, we'll meet the last scaly boy, uh, who will include all the missing dragon parts. Did this prediction come true? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's well, got all the dragon boys. Is Yona how uh, Lizardmen romance became so popular in Isekai? Do I have Yona to blame? No, Yona's not Isekai! Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know. There's, like, lizard romance in every think... fantasy series I watch now. Is it because of the scaly boys? Yona's just like isekai without the isekai part. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, no, it's because the lizard people took over anime production. Oh. So they're trying to normalize it. Actually, I love that explanation, so I'll go with that one. <laughs> well, that's what Abe is, so. Yeah, lizard man. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to there breathe. We go. Yeah. He's trying <laughs> yeah, to normalize militarism sense. and lizard uh, lizard person romance, yeah, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to farm, so. Okay. Dang. Um. So Peter also predicted that it would end with the last dragon, uh, and it would be setting up how dangerous the villain is, and then the end. Uh, I don't really feel like it set up how dangerous uh, Su Wan is. <laughs> we just had another scene where he kind of goofs off, kind of implies he might be dangerous, and then end of series. Oh yeah, it was it was kind of the opposite, right? Like they met each other, and he protected her yeah i guess it did have a scene where they kind of like established that he has some greater goal and that like he's willing it kind of sounds like i'm willing to die for this or like i cannot be king after i accomplish this goal but i'm definitely gonna do it first so it at least set up his uh his what do you call it his resolve um close enough yeah yeah it it, it didn't show him being dangerous necessary but it did show that like he is he means it yeah he means business um then 
Uh, Gabo predicted that Suwon would actually uh, fuck up and force Yuna in- to intervene. Uh, no. I mean, no, well, really. if you want to, no. kinda. I mean, it sounds like he was coming to the town to fix that problem anyway. Um, although I guess that was really her father's fault that it ever got to that point. So she kind of beat him to the punch of solving the problem. So I'm just trying yeah. to help you out here. And then finally, I predicted that there would they would finally announce the second season, and oh. they didn't. Who knows? I mean, upset. this podcast is going to come up in quite a while, like a month or two, right? So you yeah. your wish might be granted by then. Maybe. Yeah. How many volumes of the manga does this cover? Uh, seven and a half. Actually, um, eight. How many volumes are there? Uh, in English? Or in total? In total, I think there's like 27 and it's still running. Oh, oh okay. So they're being lazy with that. Anime. Yeah, there's... They could make like three more seasons at the pace they adapted this. Yeah, it's not like yeah. they ran out of material or anything. Read the manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, at first... And, and I was... Before I was like, they're going really slow pace. But then, like, I looked sort of, I did almost like a comparison. Like, I had the manga out while I was watching the anime. And I do appreciate, like, and, and a, se- a scene that would be, like, a couple of pages would be, like, five to ten minutes of the show. It's true. But, like, I appreciate that they let the manga, like, they let the scene breathe. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't, weren't, like, like we got to get through the scene to get to the more interesting stuff, like, they it was the scene in the last episode where um Zeno and Yona are talking about um the other dragons in the, at night and that sequence was literally like three pages but they let the natural pauses in the conversation and they like in the appreciating the setting and so like i don't know I appreciate, like, I appreciate their choice. Um, even if it was led to a slower paced series and they couldn't adapt as much of the, like, as much of the manga as they could have, um, I think that's part of what made the anime so special. Yeah. I mean, with One Piece, you get a chapter, an episode, uh, which like really causes some weird time distortions and they have to really find ways to fill time a lot of that time. So I'd much rather oh, well, they uh, direct it in a dramatic way than try to keep to pace or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, so do you guys have any other general impressions of this, uh, these last eight episodes, or not eight, these last six episodes? I think they did a good job um, updating the um, action for the last bit. It's, this does have, like, a non-ending, a read-the-manga ending, but they did at least, like, give you a good action show that I think showed, like, Yona at her most, like, taking a step up in badassery. Yes. Which had been coming for a while. Yeah, I feel like the conclusion they wanted to reach was Yona killing her first man. So, uh... Yeah. That was, like, the the kind of real conclusion to the story and then they're like oh i guess she should get all the dragons too since that's been the quest so they threw xeno then at the end and uh then wrapped things um, up but our battle for continues. the record Zen- zeno's entrance is just as abrupt in the manga all right i mean i believe um it. like that zeno's entrance really is like 
beat for beat the same as the manga. I mean, I definitely believe it. It's just I feel like if uh, they might have otherwise left that out if uh, Gathering the Dragons weren't such a big aspect of the story because it's like... Zeno's entrance was abrupt, but then it's like also the series ended right afterwards, so mm-hmm. it's like okay, who this who's who's this person? See, I I yeah. really like that it took its time to sort of wrap things up and like yeah, like the the like the big climate climax was like you know in the third to last episode, but at the same time, like they had sort of the emotional next step of her journey to start on and to talk about but we'll get to that mm-hmm. first let's start talk about what happened in these like uh 19 to 24 ep- uh episodes uh they all sing uh yayo yayo i love yayo, the one piece yayo. rap yayo what? yayo it is a one piece yayo, actually yayo. i gotta i gotta interrupt because the the comparisons to what like the, the similarities to one piece just keep growing that song is basically the one piece rap they have a womanizer who specializes in kicking people now uh i mean there's just it's just are you sure this isn't in the now, one piece to be universe fair, is this east Jiha is not a womanizer so much as he's an everyoneizer yeah true jayha just flirts with everyone true would hawk be like uh zoro or zolo yeah i think he'd be zoro yeah, he also doesn't get along with uh, the kicking guy, much like Zoro and Sanji. They have somebody who uh, transforms body parts like Chopper. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's the same thing. This is East Blue. Uh, so, like, when are the girls gonna... So when is uh, Yona gonna get her ribs removed and get implants? Oh, ouch. Uh, hmm. Well, I mean... That would probably be around season two, because that's when Oda really started leaning into that design, right? So maybe after they visit Alabasta or something. I think we'll just do that to, like, Geisha or someone. He's, he seems like the Nami of the group. Yeah, um, the, the one person that doesn't really fit is Yona. I guess she could be Usopp, because she shoots it. <laughs> okay. I don't like this line of discussion. I'm bitter about One Piece. All right. Fair enough. Every every shonen that has cool girls like ends up sidelining them eventually. Except Black which Clover, which is why we need more action shoujo. Black Clover, I'm telling you. Ah, uh, I don't know about Black Clover. It's really good. Yep, Noah's the main character, actually. If you really think about it. Anyway, the only shonen I watch is Blue Wars. Uh, I watch Kaguya-sama: Love Is War. Oh, that's a good shonen. I like that shonen. Is that shonen? It is shonen. Shonen jump. Okay, that's in shonen jump. Jeez. Okay, I guess I believe it. If freaking uh, Nisekoi is shonen jump, then Kaguya could be shonen jump. Um, but anyway, so but Yona is not immediately welcomed into the pirates because she doesn't have a lot of useful skills. So she must prove herself and get a kind of healing herb to that only grows in the cliff off the sea and she must walk along a terrifying little mountain path ha. um ha. She, does, <laughs> she does so she's accepted to the pirates uh gigan is uh life goals um 
I want to be like Gigan when I'm old. Um, and Yona and Yoon volunteer to get kidnapped by uh, sex slavers to save the city of Awa. Uh, in the result, uh, this results in Yona being a stone cold badass, and they defeat the evil, uh, the evil lord who is kidnapping girls for his own profit, and then everybody comes out for a big party. Um, in the process of planning this party, she runs into Su Won, who does not kill her and she does not kill him. Yeah. And she must uh, deal with sort of the emotional <laughs> fallout of everything that she has been going through for the past few months. Uh, Jeha officially, they leave the pirates, uh, which who are no longer pirates. Now they're just fisher people because... Uh, they no longer have to try to save their city from an evil pirate lord kidnapping women. Uh, Jeha joins. Zeno wanders in, uh, and they visit to Iksu. They uh, they visit I the priest Iksu. Yona talks about uh, the friends she's made along the way, and the show wraps up. And it was very very good. Yeah, had some more uh, combat Sakuga there in the last fight. Yeah, a little bit. Um, this probably has the best fighting animation I've seen in any kind of shoujo anime. Uh, that's not like Magical Girl. Um, well, it's been a, such a long time since they've adapted any action shoujo series, too. That's also... <laughs> that's very yeah. true. Yeah. Like, what was the last shoujo action adaptation like that involved... See, like fighting sequences like this, right? Like um, Twelve Kingdoms. Yeah, I mean, I was just two thousand and two fantasy in general. So I'm even thinking of like Fushigi Yuki and stuff. But I mean, Fushigi Yuki was the nineties. Yeah, like they had Sakuga in the nineties. Yeah, but not for like TV series. That was all in OAVs back then. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna get five hundred comments. Uh, proving me wrong. I think so, yeah. And pointing out all the ways <laughs> that I'm wrong. That's a possibility. Uh, Yugi had some good animation bits. For combat? Or for, like, like staging and stuff? Yeah. Don't ask me to prove it right now. <laughs> all right. It did. Yeah, I don't recall any in particular, but I it has been a long time since I watched Fushigi Yugi, so... And you watched it, was... it much more recently than I did, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it was uneven. It was very uneven. Okay. Guys, guys, I think we're all forgetting Sailor Moon Crystal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't watch that. He said that, except so. for Magical Girl. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I did. That was my qualifier. Yeah, because you always, I mean, you always have freaking uh, Pretty Cure, which is just a Sakuga fest. Yeah. As um, we're but... frequently told. But this is, Let's see, does Utena have any, have any Sakuga? I'm sure it does. That's a. Uh... That's one of the items on my backlog. I'm only like a quarter what? of the way through. I would what? ask about Sai and Koku, but like five people watched Sai and Koku, so. Oh, I had to watch the sequel anime for Shelf Life. It was pretty dumpy. <gasps> Wait, for, uh, for Sai and Koku? Yeah. <gasps> Wait, they're putting that out? Wait, is that the one about the, the, the journey to the West where they're all boys? No, that's Sayuki. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> then 
I didn't. Sorry to bait you. Oh, you got my hopes up. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> sorry. Seiki Reload Blast, right? Yeah. Yep. Sound Koku Reload Blast. You know, that, like, 20-year-off, like, immediate sequel to that stuff. Yep. That. That'll definitely put that... Um, but yeah, no, like, there's some, there are some really good action sequences in this last episode. Like, the whole fight on the boat, um, had, like, had, like, just, like, things really landed. And, like, the moments, I thought showing Yona with, like, the literal fire in her eyes was a little bit cheesy, but I also think that it worked surprisingly well. Wait, where he was grabbing her hair, or when she yeah, shot the guy? Yeah, he was grabbing her hair. Okay, okay, yeah, that was good. I liked that. Um, the that screen. Uh, and it it really is the culmination of sort of Yona's evolution as a character. Um, she's not taking shit anymore. Um, she is. It just it feels like such a natural moment for her character. And uh, it's a big moment, and it feels so earned. Um, and compared to where she was at the beginning of the series, um, it's just really, really satisfying. And I get chills at so many times, so many times in those last few episodes. Like that uh, moment where she like gives that guy that like terrifying death glare. I think my um, fa- my favorite scenes overall where when she was climbing up the basically sheer cliffside except for like a foot long like little ledge and like Jha like how the extent to which Jha tries to convince her to stop as she is determined to keep on trucking and also like the scene where like the 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 sex trafficking warlord comes in being like come be my pleasure woman and she manages to like bow him out of it and also like convince him that she's not the princess yeah she really really thinks on her feet in that part yeah yeah she had to like walk that back a little bit because she showed him her emperor hockey <laughs> and then she had to convince him that she wasn't uh yona so it's cool that she can do that but she's gotta learn to control it i guess i liked that uh with the god i, I can't remember the name of the the dude with the bow the bad guy how it wasn't her shooting him that stopped him from killing Jha, it was her killing intent. She uh like pulled like an Orochimaru thing where she was so intent on killing him that he froze in place, just feeling I guess <laughs> her uh her decision to murder him. And then of course she actually murders him, which is something that usually doesn't happen directly after a scene like that. Yeah. That's some um... powerful stuff. Because the whole thing was, like, they didn't want to kill anyone in their battle. Um, like, Gigan told them, like, no killing. But Yona was like, but that guy was getting away and he was going to, like, keep messing stuff up. And sometimes it's just like, well, uh, you need to be gone. The reason, I think, for not killing anybody was because they were just hired mercenaries and stuff, right? So they're just right. working for a bad guy. He was the bad guy. And he was going to keep doing bad guy stuff. So there's definitely... Like, maybe you don't hire the, the, or kill the hired muscle, but you maybe should kill the bad guy who's been trafficking women for however long. That seems reasonable. Yeah. 
And and yeah, I feel like in a lot of series, like that moment would be like, oh well, she's gonna put her down and put her bow down and show him miss- mercy. It's like no, yeah. she is a warrior queen now. She needs to be able to fight and face down bad guys, and like she she does it and she takes care of it. And oh, it's such a good feeling when she does that. Like, oh, she knows she's willing to kill. She is willing to kill if she needs to. Yeah. Like, she is She is not soft. And won't hesitate. Um, and I love, like, empathetic... Like, she can, She is an empathetic heroine, but her empathy has limits. Um, and she is a protector before she is an empathizer. Not just, like, pure, like, super feminine-coded, like, pacifism, save us all. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, like... That that's true. Like, it's not she. She's not just the feminine coded pacifist. She is. She does what needs to be done. Yeah. Although uh, when they talk about leadership qualities, it does tend to lead toward feminine. I guess. Like her her dad was not. I would say traditionally masculine. Neither is Sunwoo. Uh, Suwon. Sorry. Uh, and then, I guess the most masculine leader we've seen so far is probably the, the pirate lady Gigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, this show definitely mess sort of plays around with that. Um, Gigan is the best. She's so cool. Is she going to be a fisherman now? A fisherwoman? Um, I don't know. I guess I didn't... Oh, I don't know if that backstory was really important, like, where she came from necessarily, whether they were just, like, women started disappearing, so they all, like, were just a bunch of guys in the town who became pirates out of nowhere. Um, these guys are, you know, her her boys, her many terrible sons are all going to settle down, uh, marry the girls who are no longer getting kidnapped, have children, and she's going to be the world's greatest grandmother. Damn. Queen of the pirates. And then, uh, but yeah, so, but this isn't the only culmination of the story, right? Like, uh, and I really, like I said, I really, really liked the last two episodes and how it took the moment to sort of take a breath, um, sort of see what is, um, what's talk about, well, we accomplished this thing, what's the next step? Uh, and we meet, so, and the first part of this is meeting Zeno. Uh, how do you guys feel about Zeno? He sure is there. Yeah. Very mysterious. I did, I wanted to bring up in that scene, Zeno shows up because they're cooking deer, right? Mm -hmm. And then he feeds some of the deer to the squirrel. And I don't know if squirrels eat large animals or any meat besides like bugs. Is that a thing? Mm, I think they might be omnivores. A squirrel's getting a little scary. Can eat a deer. I mean, if he eats... Yep. Yeah. Squirrels are omnivores. Okay. Do squirrels hunt? Uh, this live science says that they mainly eat fungi, seeds, nuts, and fruits, but will also eat eggs, small insects, caterpillars, small animals, and even young snakes. Okay. Damn. Wow, snakes. I guess if you Squirrels eat snake, are more badass than I thought. Yeah. Don't mess with squirrels. Big game hunter. Squirrel was a one of the MVPs this time too. 
Squirrel of the Pirates. Yeah. It's hard to really get a, a have an opinion on Zeno though, because Zeno's just like, oh yeah, I'm here. I'm also a dragon. Uh, I'm gonna join <laughs> with absolutely no difficulty. Uh, and then in the next episode, the series is over. So. Well, and I mean, you not you miss, even says like this is kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like just the other dragons are standing there, like talking. They're like, um, I think it should have been harder. Because right? yeah. <laughs> they can they can sense the other dragons. Yeah. Wonder if he was watching them from nearby to see if they were worthy or something like that. He's definitely the first scaly boy that I'd call a boy rather than a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's the youngest in the eighth volume of the manga, which is um, the part that was sort of is connected to these episodes. She goes through the the ages. Yeah, he's the he is physically seventeen years old. Okay, physically. Physically 17 years old. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, no. Um, it's and, and it's true, like, he doesn't get a lot to do in this episode, but he seems like a really sweet... A, a sweet boy. I think his introduction really kind of takes a backseat to the Sue Wan scene. It was more important, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so. And so, like, the the uh, comparisons to Fushigi Yugi are really easy, right? Um, and in Fushigi Yugi, it was such a big deal when they got the the final warrior, because that was part of the point. It's like you need all seven, like you get the seventh warrior, and then, uh, and that now you can summon Suzaku. Like you've accomplished your mission, and in here, like gathering the the dragons it's not that's not the point that is a step along the way zeno and even zeno is like okay well now we're all here what do you want to do with this yona yeah i did appreciate that question he's like goals? so are we actually gonna lead a revolution like what's the plan and i don't know if we really got an answer um well i assume not sure right that we'll be revolting yeah and that kind of answers the questions that you guys have had for part of the run too is like well it doesn't really answer but it it uh accounts for like you know you guys have been asking like is she going is this going to be going back to the whole like birthright thing um is she going to be the rightful queen just because she was born um and because like because of destiny even though Suwon seems to be doing a pretty good idea or a pretty good job hmm I guess they kind of called it out, but we still don't know for sure. We I, ultimately we don't still don't know what Suwon's motivation is, except that he definitely has one. He for sure has a greater plan in mind, but we weren't privy to that by the time the series ended. Definitely a very BOBC of the series. BOBC. But our battle continues. Yes, that was pretty much the uh, last couple episodes. I did find it interesting that he didn't want to kill her, though, because it seems like he's very aware that she could cause him trouble. I was wondering if it's one of those things where he's like, I'm going to fix this thing with the kingdom, and then you're free to kill me and take leadership afterward kind of deals. Um, But it seemed like he was pretty intent on killing her when 
he was assassinating the shit out of everybody in the castle, right? His plan was to kill her, but I guess maybe that's changed. Well, he, she hasn't been trying to take the castle back so far. She seems to be... He came to this town, and like you said, he probably came to fix it, and she is already there, and it has already been taken care of. Yeah, but I mean, that also indicates that she was able to, like, take down a warlord with herself. I'm actually not even sure if he knows about the, uh, the whole legend. Seemed like nobody freaking mm-hmm. knew about that legend at the time, so... Or they think of it as, like, a children's story. Okay. Does he know that she's gathering together a bunch of dragon warriors? <laughs> Does he believe in dragon warriors? Has he heard of these dragon warriors? So maybe he could, I don't know. He seems to recognize that she was the one who solved the problem, which is no small undertaking, which would also mean that she could be a threat to him, right? Yeah. Like, if he if he credited her that, that uh, I don't know what you call it, fixing the problem, killing that guy, then, uh, like, implied in that is that she also may have the ability to usurp him as a ruler as well. Well... So here's here's my take on this. Well, before I give my take on this, because obviously I have had uh, several years to think about it and process it and multiple rewatches. Um, I would like to hear your take on it, Gabo, if you have one. Uh, is this on the ending? Sorry, I uh, speak that a little bit. On Suwon. Suwon? Um, and so... you're not killing her. This is sort of a wait and see thing. I'm, he's sort of a, still a bit of a cipher at this point. Like, we we know that he's. I think we're supposed to feel pretty ambiguous about him. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in him where he seems to be a pretty good, smart king who's mostly leading the kingdom right. Mm-hmm. But he's also has personally done nothing but shitty things to Yona in pursuit of that, but he still seems to have a soft spot for Yona. And I don't think, like, the question to me is whether it's just, like, his soft spot is at this point just, like, childhood affection that he's struggling with, or whether there's, like, some secret thing that he knows about or has changed his mind about over the course of a series. And I don't, if he has changed his mind about something about Yona, then we haven't seen it. Um... And it would need to be revealed later, but I think he's so far on the same conflict that we saw earlier on over his attachment to Yona and his need to be ruthless to accomplish things, but just sort of has consolidated his power. Right. Alright, so this is this is my personal take on it. Um, I think it has more to do with his own sentimental feelings towards him. And it is something that both of them are still struggling with. Um, because he, he hides her away from the, uh, what's his name? The grumpy air sky tribe general. Um, and, uh, like, because if his men saw her, then, they would perceive her as a threat and, like, probably try to take her out. Or say, um, oh, she's still alive and she's the rightful heir to the throne. Can't have that either. Um, so, like, yeah. So, like, she, he does not want people to, other people to know that she's alive. Um, I think 
he was feeling a lot of relief at the moment that at finding that she was alive because like he thought she was dead and he was really really shaken by that um so he's he's happy that she's alive even if um they are supposed to be enemies and both of them have a lot of really complicated feelings about seeing each other in that moment like you saw that after he doesn't he doesn't hate yona the way that she hates him yeah um because she never she never did anything to her right like that is a, a one-sided sort of uh, yeah um but she has so many like complicated emotions towards him like she wanted like she saw his sword and she tried to take it and he stopped her but he didn't like stop her super hard she probably could have still taken him out if she wanted to um but she just has so many like she can't just discard her feelings that she's held for him for so long um and the bonds that they had um and that's something that i really love is that sort of sense of the really complex emotions that people can have towards each other towards people who have hurt them um in very serious ways um because that's very human right like even like people who have been abused like they can have complex feelings toward their abusers they can maintain relationships towards their abusers with their abusers um that's that that's something that a lot of people aren't getting about uh the kick vic thing which we are currently in the throes of yeah uh, for people listening in the future um well why didn't they why were they uh, so chummy with like this man who assaulted them well it's it can be complicated and i really appreciate that the show like really uh recognizes that complication these are all very very like emotionally complex characters maybe i'll pick up the manga if they don't announce a second season in the next yeah. few weeks by the time this is out is that you're you should. Uh, you're setting a deadline for yourself if by the time this comes out they don't announce a second season you'll buy the manga if i've yeah. also graduated by then okay. and i have time to do things fair enough I did think I, I don't remember if there was any sort of resolution to the scene afterward though because you get back to the party and she's pretending everything's fine very poorly um, and uh, then she kind of has like she gets gruel on herself or something right so she's goes off by herself and then I don't know if anything really changed she just kind of pulled herself back together after that or something I thought it was really weird that she was kind of like freaking out and then she was fine you know what I mean that's how it goes sometimes i guess so you just sort of have to take a moment to gather yourself yeah although usually i don't know with stories i think in real life yeah you gather yourself but in stories usually like i don't know do you something happens where you're able to draw yourself back together again a narrative event uh but that just didn't happen i thought that was it kind of like stood out because i sort of expected her to have a talk to someone or like even have a talk with herself or something like that but she just kind of changed her clothes, walked back out, and she was cool again. So maybe that's more realistic. Yeah. So I also wanted to talk about Yona's relationship with Hawk uh, and sort of how that is uh, evolving 
because, uh, well, Yona's relationship with everyone is evolving because the lot, because her, her fight with the pirates kind of proved that she is not the one who has to be protected anymore. She was the one who, who, like, when they left, like, everyone's like, oh, you, you gotta protect Yona if anything happens to her, then, like, that's gonna be real bad for you. Um, but then she was the one who ended up protecting him. Um, and that, I think, sort of signaled a change in Yona's relationship with everyone else. Like, you know, she's not that helpless little girl anymore. Like, she can not, like, they all have to defend each other, but she it's no longer, like, a passive sort of one-way thing. So is this about, are we, are we still talking about her relationship with Hawk? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, and well, that kind of significantly changes her relationship with Hawk, right? Like, uh, he, he was very, like, he, you know, he was her bodyguard. He was the one protecting her, and now, like, he doesn't always need to re- protect her. And he's not sure how he feels about that. Also, speaking as someone who I would describe myself as an expert in missing signals when it comes to, like, romantic interest, uh, Yona's some next-level shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, when, I mean, after, when somebody's licking honey off your hands... Like what, what? What kind of thoughts go through your mind there? Oh, maybe he just really likes honey. No. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah, he just really loves honey. Yeah, yeah. it's a precious commodity. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I guess honey was rare back then, so you'd yeah. Yeah, you didn't have have beekeeping. You'd so lick much. that honey. He likes your honey, baby. Yeah. They also didn't have processed sugar. Oh, true. After, after like a certain will... point, though, you gotta wonder. Why he's licking honey off your hands, come on. Apparently honey will keep for, like, literally thousands of years. Like, they found honey in, like, the pyramids, and it's edible. Yeah. So are you saying it wouldn't spoil, so she has no excuse? Yeah. Yeah. Neither of them had an excuse. <laughs> Taste of honey. I've got some honey on the table right yeah. here. I think All right. she just entirely thinks of him as a friend or something like that. She just has a... Locked into that perception. He has protagonist syndrome. Yeah. It won't get better until they, the show finishes. She has... Well, she has other things to think about, right? Yeah. Maybe overthrowing a kingdom in the near future. Kind of throwing some plans together, that kind of thing. She's got, she's got, she's got her priorities in yeah. line. I guess I kind of understand why people don't like Hawk. He does mention tying her up a lot, but I I don't know. It seems like very, I don't know, like he absolutely would not do that. And the only reason he's saying that is because he's really afraid of her, like going out and battling, getting killed or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always comes across as very helpless to me. So, but I, I, I mean, I get why people take umbrage with somebody making that statement ever. Um, but at the same time, I, I never really got the feeling that he was like, I don't know even kind of an asshole to her or something. I like the way you put that, actually, Peter. Like, he feels helpless. Yeah. Because he knows he he can't do that, right? And he feels like there's nothing he can do, even though he's got, like, all these his combat prowess and stuff. If she's going to jump into battle, there's always a chance she could die. And he doesn't like that idea. But he also can't can't stop her, so. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. I I, I really like that wording. Like, it really, like, signals... 
Yeah, it's very masculine too. I can't think of words to make her stop. So the only thing I can think of is literally to tie her up or something. But yeah. that's not an option. So I'm just fucking lost. Uh, and yeah. Well, and calling him helpless, like it sort of reflects not a feeling of like him being controlling, but like a feeling of him being like lacking control. Lacking control. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's a good like frustrated. That's like a pretty hot like anime archetype like he's like the tough guy but like he is the one who is like submissive to like the whims of like the lady who's not like a mean or like a an evil like dom lady he's just like she's one control and he's the muscle yep yep but they still love each other right and i don't care are you saying they're both switches or <laughs> I mean, yeah. Power, power dynamics are complex. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Yona and Hawk's relationship does have like a kind of a kinky element to it. I do, ag- I do agree with that. Yeah. Once yeah. you tell somebody you want to tie him up enough, you start. I mean, and that's another thing I think Yona's really kind of it's going right over her head. There's some connotations or, there. Uh, maybe, maybe I was wrong. That's not how he means it. Or like, don't like, don't say that. What was it? Uh, what did she say? He's like, it stirs my desire. Uh, uh, oh God! I know. I, the, all I can remember is when Jha said that when he saw her kill a man, uh, he definitely <laughs> that stirred his desire. Oh, I know yeah, Hawk said uh, it, but I don't remember what the context was. Jha is definitely a, a kinky motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Jha is just he's horny. Yeah, very Anna Twitter. He was born in that box. Yeah. He wants he wants a girl that can kill him from eighty him. yards away with a bow and arrow. Uh, God, he no. wants in on the Yona and Hawk game. Yeah, pierce my heart. Um, and like a lot of shoujo manga, kind of has a kinky element to it. Um, that's not uncommon. Yeah. Uh, Although this one's like been how... pretty uh, free of like a lot of the sh- shit that's usually problematic with that kind of stuff. Where it's like, I don't know, somebody locks somebody up in a room or uh, gets very handsy. That has, I think, I'm, I'm maybe I'm misremembering. I don't think the series has really gone into that, right? No. Uh, I think Hawk gets fresh a couple of times. Uh, but, like, other than that, it's, it's generally pretty... Um, Didn't have one of those scenes where the guy respectful. loses control or anything, right? Is, right, yeah. and that's that. That's actually something that I've I've remarked on is that like she she trusts her her dragons and Hawk and Yoon pretty implicitly. Like she sleeps in a tent with Yoon, um, and like, but uh, there's never any like they're in a camp. They're camping together, like, and no one ever like tries to pull anything. There's no worry about that. Like, they're her boys. And she trusts them. Yep. Hawk respects women. That's right. Hashtag respects women. And, and, I, and I like that. Like, whenever I'm like, well, shoujo manga depicts all these kind of unhealthy things. People are like, well, it's shoujo manga. It's going to be kind of kinky. It's like, well, we can have different different things represented. We can have it in different ways. It doesn't all have to be about the guy being controlling. Yeah. yeah, I think this is kind of, like, the healthiest of, like, the kind of bordering a little bit on kinky relationships of this type. Like, 
a lot of these types of shows tend to have that, like Kagome and Yuyasha, where like Kagome could like tell Inuyasha to sit, things like that, but also she was still super dependent on Inuyasha. They were more like belligerent and annoying, like Yona and Hawk are more mature and reasonable and don't act like small children around each other. Yes. Well, usually. All the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just act like, I don't know, like they've been Jeez. friends for 20 years and they still do yeah. the same shit they do when they were eight. But the power dynamic is not bad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot more complicated than they usually are. Yona's just completely oblivious. Um, and, and like I said, it's shifting because it's no longer, she, she's the princess, but she is dependent on him to protect her. Like, she, she can't wholly protect herself, but she can carry her own. Um, and that's always, like, I've, I've always really loved that. And that's something that I feel like this kind of series, these reverse, like these reverse harem shoujo, like, fantasy series very rarely have um the main exception i can think of is like 12 like 12 kingdoms which keeps coming up which is a very different sort of thing yeah she's got a ghost in her that makes her kill people though so you don't get that scene where well i mean we've already made it over the hump with yona you know where you get the scene where like the girl's got a sword or something but she lacks the conviction to kill so the guy just grabs out of her hand or whatever now mm-hmm. you know yona will just stab the shit out of him yeah, um, and then her relate her conversation with uh, Jay Ha, where Jay Ha's like, "Oh, Hawk probably wants to like you know, lock you away where no one can see." Did he said that to her? Did I miss that? Yeah, yeah. God, she's oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "What? Yeah. Why? Why would he want to do that? I don't understand." Mm-hmm. And Jaha's like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Spending literally zero brain cells analyzing the meaning behind anything Hawk does or says. Well, she, you know, why Why would she? They, they've been friends for uh, their entire lives. Yeah, yeah. Like, she knows him, right? He just doesn't know what sex is. I, it is an anime and you never get together with your childhood friend, so. Yeah, that no, that anime. never happens. Maybe she's just more wise to the tropes than we are. She's not even bothering because it's got to be the mysterious foreign exchange student or something. Um, zero, or, yeah, zero two, gotta be zero two. Sorry, Ichigo. But yeah, like, um, and their com- I like the conversation in the cave where he's like, "I don't want to lock you away. I want to show you to everyone." Um, say like, "This is Princess Yona. This is like, this is the girl who you all thought was dead. Here she is. She's gonna be a hell of a queen now." Um, and I feel like that is also part of the shift is that like before he probably would have wanted to lock her away. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they escaped, he was definitely going like, we have to hide somewhere basically forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think, uh, them taking back the kingdom by force was really on his mind. Yeah. Probably still isn't. Um, what do you guys think of the kiss? Uh, that the series kind of wraps up with when they're in the cave. Because kissing someone while they're sleeping is... It was a forehead kiss, a... right? Yeah. Mm. It's more chaste. I think that's 
pretty iffy, but, like, it's not nearly as iffy as it could have been for the genre. It's not good, but, like, way worse stuff happens in the genre than it's not. Yeah. Um, well, it's like I see Sailor Moon, Mamoru kissing Usagi while she's sleeping, and it's like, ugh, don't do that! But I thought this was... I thought it was a... In this context, it was a sweet moment. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I think, um, like, looking at it, uh, did they actually, like, show, like, lips touching forehead or something like that? I don't remember that. Because I remember thinking, like, it could just be him kind of putting his head against her head. Uh, uh, like, incidental lip contact or something. But, no, he definitely kissed her on the forehead. Okay. She was already leaning against him. But, I mean, like... Uh, yeah, she like here. I'll show you a screenshot. Okay. Like it was pretty, pretty definitely like, well, her hair obscured it. Yeah. But in the context, it definitely came across like a kiss. Yeah, it's very uh, indicative of a kiss. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I thought it was sweet because it's the sort of gesture that like. It could also be like, it could also be familial. It's it's intimate, but it's not like like lip to lip serious kiss is a is sexual contact. Yeah, but like this like this is intimate, but it's not like sexual. It's loving. Yeah, seemed more uh, siblingy. Well, I wouldn't say siblingy, but like. Best friend since childhood No. Uh, okay. I mean, it's definitely, it's romantic. Like, there's the diff- like the different kinds of love, and then there's, like, romantic love, and then there's, like, like sexual, and these two things can be in- linked, but they're not the same thing. I don't know. Um, do you, do you get what I'm saying, Gabo? Am I yeah. explaining myself well? That's like a borderline thing. It's like a forehead kiss is something that you can do with like someone you're very close to that's not necessarily romantic. Like if a stranger forehead kissed you, like that obviously be super inappropriate. But that's yeah. like a, that's like a place where like your relatives or like close friends can mm-hmm. like do it. I think it's probably not something you should do with a friend or you have a crush on but it's still like not totally out of line mm-hmm. yeah no like i said it's it's intimate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not horny <laughs> it's horny it's pretty horny but it's not totally out of line not necessarily horny i don't know not i have these kids on the forehead all the time Oh, that's fine. The main, it's it it's horny when he does. It's not necessarily a horny act. <laughs> it's only horny when Hawk does. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. like uh, cheek kisses can also be horny, or they can just be the thing that you do by default when you see your uh, Cuban grandmother. Yeah, it's one of those either way ones. Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um. It's. It's just, it's a really nice moment. It's a really great way to sort of wrap up the series. 
Um, speaking of wrapping up the series, we should probably start wrapping up the episode. How do you feel about the show as a whole? Um, what did you guys think? I liked it. I generally, I'm just trying to figure out how to describe what I mean here. I like, um... It's, it was like a very atypical fantasy series. Uh, usually don't I don't think usually they don't kind of get like pseudo Korean fantasy. Uh, so it was a very interesting setting. Um, I feel like we didn't get much ground as far as the like the direction is taking with the villain, but I am interested in like what the hell his deal is. Um, and it definitely seems like it's kind of really expanding its scale. Um, whereas a lot of stuff like this, I think kind of keeps very focused um, on the characters. I mean, there's a lot of character focus, but it looks like it's trying to also tell like a big epic type thing. So I am, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I'm pretty interested in the, well, I mean, you've read it, right, uh, Caitlin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd say- I've been up with the US releases. It keeps, it keeps on the course with uh, quality wise. Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. I'd be uh, interested in trying out the manga. I'm about to catch up to a couple series, so maybe I'll uh, I'll try out the next volume. I don't know whether I should start from the beginning or just figure out where um, I left off, though. Depends on if you're buying it or if uh, you're uh, if you're gonna like digital or whatever. Uh, I read it. I read digital if it's free, but usually I buy paper copies otherwise. Uh, I would say that if you're like you don't have to read it it follows the manga super closely there's a couple of like little things that you would be missing but nothing major okay okay is it one of those series that gets very limited prints so all the old volumes are very expensive I don't think so I think it's doing pretty well for shoujo beat okay okay yeah then I could probably see maybe I'd go back and read it wouldn't take too long so that is how much I enjoyed it. I'd be willing to buy all the stuff that I read already and read through it. I think that's a right. that's good, right? Yeah. Uh, Gabba, what did you think of the series? I thought it was pretty fun. Um, it's like if you, it sure is a blast of the past. Like we don't get shows like this anymore, so that helps this one stand out. And this certainly feels like an update of like the shoujo epic like fantasy adventure with like sort of the gender politics made like cleaner and also like uh cooler boys and things like that yeah i couldn't believe how recently it was made it actually yeah because it felt so like 90s mm -hmm. late 90s early thousands that was likable the production values were surprisingly good after like the first episode wasn't bad, but it, I think, like, the show's art style is a little dumb, deceptively, like, uh, dull. Or, like... I love the looking. art. I like the art, but, like, the first episode gives you, like, the king design and the king looks like, super generic. It's... It shows itself once it gets more action-y. Um, I think it's a show that I could recommend to a lot of people who are, like, I just want some, like, fun with like a cool girl and like some like hot love interests and just to like have some fun for 24 episodes it's it's very it's very low on the anime bullshit meter yeah well it's it's anime in mostly good ways it's yeah. high on the anime goodness low on the anime bullshit 
All right. Um, so, and would you pick up the manga? I think so. Um, I think, like, me and some friends, we have, like, a little manga library, and I think we have it, so I could just, like, go through the whole thing. So that sounds like fun. Strongly recommend it. It stays, yeah. It does stay good. And now I'm like, I need to, like, read the manga to find out what anyone's deal is. Past, like, a yellow boy. Um, Zeno. Zeno. Not Zeno. I will, I will, this is like a, 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 not a spoiler, but a hint at what is to come. Yonada has the best redemption arcs that I have uh, probably ever read. Ooh. Um, I can tell you after we record, I don't want to say on the show just in case like someone is going to be sensitive, someone is sensitive about spoilers out there. Um. But yeah, no, read the manga. And do you guys have any predictions for the manga? I still, I stand by my, like, Suwon will do something to mess up. And have to, Yona will step in and there will be conflict based on that. And then she'll have, like, a real, like, actual claim to, like, maybe she'd be the better ruler. Which she still needs. And, uh... We don't have Zeno's power yet, and we're still missing the rest of that dragon body, so <laughs> I think he's gonna turn into, like, a giant dragon with, like, human eyes and one human arm and one human leg at some point. <laughs> they all combine. Yeah. Tie. Yeah. Surprise! It was actually a Toku series the whole time. Damn. A quick fade. Uh, predictions. I think... I think it's going to do something where, I don't know if I want to say like it does a Suwon did nothing wrong type thing, but I think it turns out that her father was actually kind of a shit heel. Uh, or, I mean, he was, he was definitely a bad king. Yeah, definitely a very bad king. And Suwon is doing all this out of a sense of altruism, which makes their uh, wanting to take the kingdom back from him very emotionally complicated because uh, that makes for good drama. All right. Yeah. Okay, then. I guess it's time to wrap this thing up. Yes, so. All right, so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed watching Yona of the Dawn along with us. I know that I certainly did. Yay! Uh, if you enjoyed the show and enjoy our site, uh, please donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash animefeminist. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animefeminist, on Tumblr, Tumblr, animefeminist.tumblr.com I'm pretty sure we have not been uh, taken out by the purge yet mm. and on Facebook on uh, at animefem thanks for listening and uh, never be afraid to uh, take out some pirates thanks we are the pirates <laughs> <laughs>